Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Okay, welcome to Peer Talk. There are a number of great business owners out there, just like yourself, who would love to share their experiences with you, and we hope to give them a voice. My name is Dan Crowley. Today we have a special session with Josh Nickel interviewing Brett Stewart from Track First and focusing on Garrett Scherling of Badger Rental Services Business. Today they will focus on implementing EOS in the business. They have had two previous webinars where they discussed business operating systems, what they are and why you need one. And then they did a deep dive into the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS, also referred to as Traction. In this session, they'll have a discussion with Garrett about his experience implementing EOS in his business. They'll discuss how he knew his team had hit the ceiling and needing an operating system to break through to the next level of growth, the decision process he used to choose a system, and how he landed on EOS, his experience with EOS thus far, both the good and the bad, and how he sees EOS changing the future of his business. Welcome everybody today. Thank you for joining us for a conversation between Brett and Garrett about EOS, EOS implementation, some real world experiences. I got to sit in on a pre-conversation with them last week. It's really, really interesting stuff and I'm excited to hear them dive into the conversation. But before we do that, I would like to introduce our two panelists for today. Uh, we have Brett who has already been introduced twice in the last two webinars, which you can go back and listen to if you'd like to. Um, so I'm not going to give the full introduction for him. Uh, but Brett has done a ton of different things from being CFO of a billion dollar insurance company uh, to helping a company go from a 400K loss to a $1.2 million uh, profit in just a few years. Fell in love with the traction system after reading the book, and you can hear all about his story there. Again, in a previous uh, webinar, he lives in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, with his dogs and children and wife now. Uh, so we will move over to Garrett, who uh, thankfully gave me a very long, uh, about 20-minute bio, but I'm going to have to shorten that for him. Uh, so I will shorten it down to what I know about Garrett, which is that he has been with Badger Rental for 15 years. He's actually the third generation to run Badger Rental. He's been the president and CEO since 2017. Uh, Garrett, you're also on the ARA of Georgia board, are you not? That's correct. And he's on the area of Georgia board. He's a stock car racer, uh, which you can see behind his head. To his right is a giant trophy. That's a national stock, stock car trophy back there. He is an offshore fisherman, just finished snapper season. I'm not sure if he has any awards in that one. But if he'll move just a little bit to the left, we can see his other trophies, which are for barbecuing. Is that correct? You've never right. done a barbecue competition that you've lost, have you? I've won every, every single barbecue competition that I've ever entered. And how many have you entered? One. And how many have you won? <laughs> Very good. Just. He also calls him a uh, technology aficionado, or in his words, tech head. Uh, he's a longtime industry advocate, very active in peer groups, and we are excited to have this conversation between the two of them. We will be doing some Q&A, um, sometimes throughout, but mostly at the end of this. So if you have any burning questions for Garrett or Brett, um, <coughs> their conversation spurs, please ask that in the Q&A box and we will get to that. 
the initial part of this or the first half is probably going to be conversation mostly between the two of them about Garrett's implementation with Brett's got some prepared questions that he's going to go through with Garrett and then they're really going to dive deep into some of the the, the brains and the, the working parts of the EOS implementation process. And so from that, gentlemen, I will mute myself and my video and let you both take it from there. Thank you, Josh. All right, thank you. Um, well, I tell you what, I, I'll get us started here. So um, as you all can tell, I'm wearing my Badger gear. Garrett's one of my absolute favorite clients and EOS champ runs a great business. So I'm super excited about this. Um, other than they say in the performance world to never share a stage with animals or children and named after an animal sometimes acts like a child so I'm at a little risk here but I, I'm confident this is going to work out so are you ready Garrett I'm ready man let's do it all right so do this for us please give us a little background give us kind of the three minute on badger how it started, how you came to run it, and don't be bashful. Tell, tell people how successful you've been. Sure, sure. So, uh, so Badger Rental Services is a uh, third generation family owned and operated business down here in Savannah, Georgia, where uh, you know, we provide the, the, uh, the greater Savannah area with quality construction equipment rental. And uh, you know, the business actually started um, under a oak tree that is located about 300 yards uh, outside of my uh, my home's front door uh, on a uh, piece of land that used to be a campground, which was my grandfather's first business. Uh, you know that didn't that didn't work out. So uh, took a job in a uh, local paper plant and uh, noticed that you know there was such a growing need for for uh, rental equipment here in the area, and uh, you know just started small with a few pieces, an air compressor, and a couple of couple of plate packers and uh, you know soon grew to a, a full-time gig for him uh, in the uh, in in the late 80s uh, we actually moved into Garden City which is the uh, industrial suburb of Savannah Georgia where we still we still have our business and um, you know hired his two sons-in-laws uh, my dad and my uncle and uh, you know that they, they they grew the business to uh, you know to what it's become and, and in uh in, in 2017 uh my two cousins and i purchased the business and uh have been have been running it ever since all right and how have y'all done give us a well um you know i've been i've been very fortunate to be to be part of the team that's uh, continued to grow uh the success at badger and to carry on the family name uh for the past two years uh the company has been named uh one of the top gun recipients by peer industrial groups and um you know we've we've continued to grow in size and profitability and to uh better serve savannah and our customers so we've, we've been very very fortunate yeah well congratulations thank and, you and garrett is pretty humble uh they're running a great business strong balance sheet beautiful location so uh really doing a great job you know in in the u.s world we we, we think a lot we talk a lot about hitting the ceiling this idea that businesses don't grow in this nice linear path they grow for a while things go well and then they start to flatten out and, and you feel stuck now it sounds like y'all done well for a long time but what made you feel like y'all were hitting the ceiling maybe y'all were stuck sure brett so um you know every business seems to follow this hitting the ceiling pattern um but 
in particular family businesses that are transitioning throughout the generations, uh, you know, run into run into their own unique situations. Um, my my uncle and my dad pretty much co-managed the business in a very 50-50 way. You know, they they kind of occupied the same title, uh, were very much alike in their personalities and strengths. Um, my 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 business partners and I are not that way. You know, we're very different people, which we celebrate and are very grateful for. But we knew that to to continue to have success in the in in the industry, we were going to have to grow in complexity, and we were going to have to, you know, make space for everybody's individual strengths. Uh, we also have a partner who is a part owner, but is not in the daily operation of the business. So we had to figure out how that was going to work. And, uh, you know, we just, we knew that we had to, um, had to keep going forward and, and to, and to do that, you know, we were going to have to change the way that we, that we governed the business, you know, traction has been a huge part of that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it's been, it's been very good for us. It has, has worked out very well. Yeah. Yeah. It's all that is that, that what us got, got us here ain't necessarily going to get us to the, to the next place. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we, we talked about last time that um, the dynamics of a family business are complex in a way that, you know, when the founder starts the business, what's good for the family is automatically good for the business. Um, you know, as that moves into the second generation, now there are two people, there are four people involved. Um, you, you know, the personal interest and the business interest may become uh, misaligned a little bit, but by the time that the, that the business moves into the third generation, if you're not careful and you're not very intentional about how you set up the the business, you know, those those personal interests and business interests may become, you know, perpendicular to each other. And, uh, you, you know, the, the business might not serve the interests of the family. The family might not serve the, the interests of the business. So it takes a lot of intention and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good planning and a lot of good uh, conversations to get it going right. Yeah, and and that's a real good point. You know, you know, knowing both you and and your your cousin Aaron, very different skills, but yes. but both of you are very much needed. And while it might have worked for your dads to just kind of share and do the same, have the use the same skills, it came a point where you needed a structure. You know, need to get really specific. You know, an accountability chart, and let's fit in and see where are we going to fit. And we find that a lot. We got a lot of talents but it's how do we put them in the right seat so we can really use them? Yeah, you're dead on the money, Brett. Uh, there, there was so much, uh, there was so much energy and so much forward momentum created by getting really clear on, you know, what, what the organization looks like on paper and what are the key responsibilities for everybody's role inside of the company and what also were not the key responsibility roles for, for me personally and for Aaron personally. And, uh, you know, really allowed us to focus in on, you know, our area of expertise, our area of responsibility. And, uh, you know, it's a really, really powerful thing when you get clear on, you know, who's, who's accountable and who reports to who. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, back us up just a little. So you guys took over the business, ran it, ran it for a couple of years. At some point you said, you know, we need a system or we need a different system. Sure. Then what was your decision process after that? How did you end up, or no, I'll just let you take it away. What was your process after that? 
Well, Brett, I'm a I'm a natural reader. Um, you know, I, I I love business books. I love nonfiction. Um, and you know, as a company, we we really connected with the ideas of books like the E Myth Revisited and uh, Good to Great, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And every time we would try to uh, try to take a strong system like that and implement it into our business, we always found that it was a little too complicated or um, a little too intellectual. Uh, and we really had a problem taking those really good ideas and concepts and putting them into a very practical daily operation that would benefit Badger, you know, from the top of the organization all the way down to the bottom uh, to get us, you know, to get us the forward momentum that, that we needed. Um, you know, when I was in one of my peer group meetings, uh, I'm a part of a, a, a peer group through, through, uh, through peer group, uh, oh boy, peer executive group, <laughs> peer executive group. Thank you very much. Sorry, Dan. Uh, you know, we talked about this, this book called traction and, uh, I picked it up and read it and, you know, it seemed to be this great distillation of, you know, all the best ideas from, from the E-Myth Revisited. And from good to great, you know, with a lot of more, with a lot more practical insights that we really felt like was, uh, you know, were powerful enough to make a difference, but were also very practical in a way that I felt like me and my team could execute very well. And uh, you know, on top of it, it comes with a pretty fantastic uh, implementer. It's a guy named Brett. Yeah, you know, always, always go with the bold ones. It's always, right. <laughs> it's always my my belief that that's where you can get the best bang for your buck. That's right. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I ever told you, we probably, if I did, I ran EOS in my business um, back when I had a healthcare business. And mm -hmm. I found a lot of the same things. And that, that was, was EOS was comprehensive, but, but simple enough with a nice kind of wrapper, a, a nice, you know, cohesive system that you could execute on. And one of the things that it, it took me a while to get my arms around this, but once you get the execution framework put in place, all those other books and nuggets, you can use all those within EOS. You know, Absolutely. So if, you if you learn something about um, incentive systems from the great game of business, pull that into EOS, make it a rock, and you can execute on it. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, something else that, uh, that, that was really powerful for us and that, uh, you know, really made the decision to, to go with, with EOS and traction an uh, easy one is I had, a, had already – known so many people in my peer group that, that had started the traction process and you know I'd seen all the benefit that the that the added clarity and energy that the traction process gave 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 those guys. You know we were we were eager to give it a try. Good. Yeah and and what we find is that a lot of times people in peer groups do better with these systems because they're always focused on improving their business. Yes. So, you know, don't tell anybody, okay, but EOS doesn't make your business great, right? You make your business great. EOS just gets rid of the issues and the noise that keeps you from executing. So when, when you have a group of people like that, they're focused on improving their business. A lot of times it, it rises to the top. Absolutely. So we've been in this process for a while. We started kind of right before Christmas. Give the, give the group a, a feel for where we are, let's just start there. Where are we in the process and, and what do you feel like right now? Yeah, well, you know, like, like you said, we've been hard after it for, for eight months now. And, uh, you, you know, I, I would consider us as a leadership team, you know, we've got all the big tools in place. 
you know, we've got our vision laid out for the company. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we have, we have all the, all the big stuff in place at the leadership team level. And then we have, we, we began to push the, uh, the traction tools down to the rest of the company in the last, uh, in the last month or so. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and so for, you know, those of you out there thinking about EOS, you know, almost everything in the system is let's build it and then make sure that we implement it throughout the business. So, so, you know, the vision or any other parts, not just for the leadership team, it's for the whole company. And, and the way we approach this is about a 60 to 75 day sprint to get the foundational tools, you know, the vision traction organizer, you'll get clear on our vision, learn how to set rocks, get meetings in place, write scorecard, get, start getting the, the traction we want, and then roll it out through the business. So, so you're kind of in those early stages. So what, what's it been like? I mean, what, what's, what's the process been like? Yeah, well, it's been great, man. It's been a lot of work. It's been a, it's been a lot of um, a lot of doing the kind of work that I'm not used to doing, but that I should be doing. So it's um, you know, traction traction is a wonderful way of making sure that as CEO, I'm spending enough time working on the business, you know, on the business instead of getting sucked into the day, the, the daily operation and working in the business all day long. And I think without a without a system in place, unless you're a very disciplined person, which I'm not, uh, you, you have a tough time, you know, spending enough time working on your business. Mm -hmm. and, and why is that? Cause you, you said you have the kind of work that you should be doing as opposed to you want to be doing. Why do you get sucked into the day to day? Well, uh, you, you know, the things that are, that are, that are urgent always have a really hard pull on on your time you know so the phone's ringing the sales counters got people standing there uh you know there there are problems in the maintenance operation uh you get all these things going on and you feel uh, a tremendous pull to go out there and help you know because you feel like it's your job to lead and to be out front and uh you know if you're not careful all those urgent things can rob you from spending time on the important things and before you know it you look back and you know all the important work that you should be doing that only you are truly uh equipped to do you know as the as the ceo you know didn't get done because of the you know i call it the tyranny of the, of the urgent yeah it's always this constant gravitational force to suck you back in and you know eos has really given us a powerful uh mechanism in the in the weekly meetings and in the in the quarterly offsites to really, really, really like uh, help me refocus and reframe, you know, hey, listen, my job is to work on the business. So it's been a really, really helpful thing for us. And it's, it's let us achieve things that we have spent years trying to achieve in just, you know, eight, eight months. I mean, we've made more progress on the, the big picture, really important stuff at Badger Rental Service in the past eight months than we have, you know, the other three years that I've been in charge. Yeah, well, that's and it's a great observation, especially those leaders that care about their employees and care about their customers. Are those are the ones that are most at most at risk of getting sucked into the day to day because they don't want anybody to suffer. And mm -hmm. and what we find as we go through this is with the right structure and processes is not easy, right? It doesn't just happen. Right structure and processes, 
you empower other people to do that stuff and do it really well so you can work on the things you need to. And the truth is, they're dependent on you to work on the business because if you don't, you don't have a business in two or three years. That's right. So yes, that's critical stuff. So critical what, stuff, especially in these times, Brett, and we talked about this, uh, you, you know, during this pandemic when our rhythm as a leader is interrupted um, either by, you know, not being able to visit that coffee shop once a week and get into a, a quiet place where you can, where you can think or not being able to, you know, take the, take the time to work on your business because, you know, you're short staffed and you're, and you're really busy or, you know, whatever the, however this thing has impacted people. Um, it's, it's more important than ever to be able to, uh, to have a strong mechanism like, like EOS to be able to make sure that I am spending the time that I, that I need to spend on the things that are most important. Yeah. Yeah. So going through the pandemic, um, share, share the example you talked about the other day, how, how having a scorecard, one little tool really changed the way you think about things. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, everybody here on this webinar is in the rental industry, I'm, I'm assuming. And, uh, you know, if you are, you're familiar with the, with the concept of sometimes when you're really busy, uh, you're not, you're not really profitable. And when you're really profitable, sometimes it doesn't look really busy in the showroom. You know, the phones aren't ringing off the hook, but the reality of the situation is most of your equipment is out on a job site, you know, no major problems are going on and it's on rent and that's a good thing. But when the phone's not ringing and there aren't customers in the showroom, it can feel like you're slow. And you know, that, that makes it really, uh, really dangerous to try and just get a, a vague idea of how you're doing based on your perception of what you see out there, you know, in your business and in the, in the, in the coronavirus pandemic, you know, that, uh, that, that feeling of not knowing and the, and the anxiety that it can cause has been ratcheted up even, even higher. Uh, so having a, having a tool like a scorecard, um, you know, which for those of you who don't know what a scorecard is, it's just, uh, you know, five to seven numbers that are really important to your business that if you had to, if you had to run your business on an island, you, you know, what, what are the most important things that you didn't, that you need to know, you know, about your business and how it's doing. Uh, and that, that scorecard has been invaluable for, for me and my leadership team, because, you know, we're not, we're not guessing, we're not, we're not running off of how we feel or how we think, you know, we're looking at concrete data, to let us know, hey, listen, things are actually a little bit better than we thought. You know, let's keep let let's keep going. Or, you know, if things get bad, we can we can catch it quicker than we would have otherwise, and uh, you know, make better plans around it. And uh, you know, the scorecard the scorecard has uh, has gained me lots of hours of sleep and has provided us with lots of good actionable data. You know, throughout this uh, four four months this has been going on you know that's that, that's probably the one tool that i've been most grateful for during this uh, pandemic yeah well that's a great observation you know you, you hear the term read and react you know read react an athlete might read react you when i ran my business i just reacted you yeah. had no reading you know and and so if you react before you read or react in the absence of data you just end up whipping your organization all over the place so when i finally got a scorecard it's like oh i can have a more sober approach to things and think through it and make an adjustment 
that really fit the organization better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great, you know, the, the other things that, that when I talk to people running EOS is having the regular meeting cadence and the right communication mechanisms have been really helpful because it's hard to implement those things in the midst of the crisis. You almost have to have them before. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, these tools are very important, uh, you know, during, during this whole, uh, coronavirus thing and, and to try to, uh, to try to develop a tool while we're going through the, you know, the, the event would be almost impossible. You know, it's like when, when this opportunity comes, it's, a, it's, it's too late to prepare. So, you know, my team and I, we were very grateful to have all that work, uh, you know, done all already. And we have definitely, we've definitely reaped the benefit. Good. So you said, and, and oh, by the way, before I jump to the next question, if you guys got questions, please uh, enter them in the chat box. Josh is capturing them. If there's one we need to answer now, we'll, we'll get it now. If not, we'll get it a little while when we do Q&A. You said you're in the early parts of rolling it out. What, what do you mean by that? Kind of what are you doing right now in terms of getting EOS deeper in your business? Sure. So, you know, we, we've actually shared the vision, uh, you know, shared the entire vision traction organizer with the, with the team, you know, with the whole team. Uh, we've had uh, opportunity to share the accountability chart with the team uh, and actually sat down with each different division and, you know, really got uh, in fine detail about the, the accountability chart and the vision. And, you know, it's provided us with a, um, an opportunity to have uh, a lot of conversations with the team members um, and, and they're really interested in the vision. You know, they, they are, they are really interested in the direction that the company that they work at are, are, are going. Um, you know, lots of times we don't think about, um, how powerful it is to have everybody in the organization, you know, pointed in one direction and, and all, you know, rowing the boat at the same time. And, uh, you know, that's been a really good thing for us. Uh, we've also implemented department level meetings. You know, we've been meeting as a as a leadership team um, for probably six, seven months now. But uh, in in the last month, we've actually Im implemented the L10 meeting format uh, into the the different departments at Badger, and it's provided some uh, you know some powerful momentum too. That's great. Yeah, and, and all you guys listening out there, never underestimate how much your team or your people, your extended team, everybody in your business wants to know about your vision. Even Absolutely. the ones that, even the ones that that you think don't care, they care. Okay, they're there for a reason. They want to be working long into the future. They absolutely care about your vision, so share it with them, um, and and that will pay off long, long way down the road. Yep. So, so you're in this implementation process. If you think of, and it's been fairly short journey thus far, eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. what, what's been the um, the, the most challenging aspect and what's been the, the biggest win or the thing you like best about this? Sure. Well, I can tell you that the most challenging aspect of the entire things are the, uh, the, the very frank conversations that, um, that the, the clarity in your organization creates, you know, so, so, so one of the, one of the foundational tools of traction is the, is the people analyzer and, um, you know, Part of the part of the people analyzer is this is this uh, question that we always ask of of each individual employee: Do they do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity 
to to perform their duties, you know, GWC. Yeah. And um, those those three questions have provided us with a lot of clarity around um, maybe a, a employee's performance that, uh, you know, they weren't quite happy and we weren't quite happy, but it was hard to really uh, put a finger on what the problem was. Um, it, it's provided us with a, a good tool to analyze this, the, the situation and, you know, provide them some feedback. And, uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to create a lot of, um, a lot of conversations around, around that. Um, and it's been, it's been, it's been challenging to have those conversations, but it's also been very, very healthy for the organization. And, um, you know, I would say that the best thing is all the, um, all the, all the energy that the, that's getting the getting the vision nailed down and the and the chart of responsibilities nailed down and you know just all the all the clarity that that creates in everybody's uh, everybody's mind you know has has provided us with a a momentum that uh, I don't know it's it's hard to it's hard to verbalize but it feels different in the in the organization now that everybody knows when they show up hey this is my job this is what I'm responsible for this is what I'm accountable for. Yeah. And, and that's a common theme. You know, something we, we always need to think about is, is, is clarity. And this system drives a lot of clarity. Clarity creates energy. Okay. Yes. To the extent people are on board because now they know, okay, here's where we're going. Here's my role. And if they're the right people, that's energizing on the other hand, or along with, I shouldn't say on that thing, but along with that clarity brings accountability. Yes. And, and if people aren't a fit, and, and for those of you out there that are ever reading Jim Collins, you hear about right people, right seats, or getting the right people on the bus. That's what the people analyzer is answering. Is this the right person? Do they fit my values? And are they in the right seat? And having that tool, um, it doesn't make those conversations fun or easy. They're still difficult. That's right. But it, it gives you something to work on and talk to. So instead of me saying, Garrett, you need to do better, it's Garrett and I sitting down, looking at the tool and build a plan to get him where he needs to be. And eventually he may get where he needs to be, or eventually he may decide that he'll be happier someplace else. But you're using the tool, treating people with, with openness and honesty and, and working through the process. Yeah. You know, we found that, um, that, that, that whole process really gives um, somebody who's not a good fit for the organization to self-select out of the, out of that seat. You know, when you sit down and you explain um, the people analyzer and their 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 uh, position in the in the chart of responsibility, you know, it is super clear what's expected of them, and it's uh, it's super clear, you know, what success looks like in that position, and uh, you know, it gives everybody an incredible opportunity to say, hey, listen, I really understand where the company's going. I understand my role's part in the in that vision. And, you know, I just don't want to be a part of it. Right. You know, so I think it's a very powerful time, you know, for somebody that, you know, doesn't, doesn't need to be, need to be on the bus to go, Hey, listen, I, I need to get off this bus because it's going somewhere that I don't want to go. And have you had anybody at this point that, that made that decision? It's time to get off. No, 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 we haven't. Yeah. You will send her a letter. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> But, um, but again, that, that clarity is, is really helpful. What's it been like in terms of 
your leadership team in terms of your communication and, and has that been a positive? Has that been difficult? What's that been like? So the leadership team has probably benefited the most uh, from, from, from the EOS system. Um, you know, we, we, we are not a natural uh, meeting, you know, type organization. You know, we've always been a, just kind of get out there and get it done. You know, maybe a little huddle here and there, but, you know, cer certainly no formal structure to our meetings before this. And, um, you know, part of the reason that you really need an implementer to, to help you uh, through this process is because, you know, he can lend some credibility to, uh, to some of the big asks that you're going to be asking your leadership team to do, like meeting for an hour and a half every week, you know, which was a radical change for us. And, uh, you know, that was met with some skepticism and some, uh, hey, listen, you know, we don't have time to stop work for an hour and a half every week to meet. You know, and, uh, you know, Brett really did a good job at, uh, you know, really connecting the why behind, you know, why we need to stop and had this meeting every single week. And, you know, we're we're six months in, seven months into uh, leadership team level L10. And I can tell you every single person on my leadership team can't imagine doing their job without being in that L10 meeting now. There's no doubt about that. That's good to hear. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the saying in uh, traction? Uh, in the beginning, they may fight it, but but later they'll fight for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So because so so my leadership team fights for that L ten meeting. Yeah, good. Yeah. And and look, it, it's normal to be skeptical because most meetings are not good. Most right. meetings are unproductive, and, and meetings tend to devolve into two things: a status update. Mm -hmm. and discussion without facts and, and L10s are neither of those. You know, we right. want 90 minutes. And, and for those of you that, that aren't familiar with the level 10 meeting, I'll walk you through the whole agenda, <clears throat> but it's really 90 minutes to make sure that as a leadership team, we're checking in on things we have to do, which is hit our scorecard metrics, move our rocks or, or quarterly projects down the road and take care of our people. Mm -hmm. And then to the extent we're not doing any of those, we're working issues. And, and building to-dos and knocking out all the near-term things. And what teams almost always find, okay, and except for the rare exception where they're just not a fit for the system, they almost always find is that 90 minutes might save them three or four or five hours over the course of the week in little meetings and phone calls and interrupted work. So it's a time saver ultimately. Yes. And, and you know, it's a time of badger too where all the information that needs to get broken out of the silos, you know, whether it might be the maintenance department that, uh, you know, knows something that the, uh, that the, that the office staff needs to know about, but they just didn't think to tell them, or, you know, the, the sales department needs to, to let the facilities ops team know, you know, we, we find so many examples when we're in that meeting, um, you know, where I might be talking about an issue with, to the, to the, um, to the head of the maintenance department, and the facilities operation team goes, oh, really? That's an issue? Well, we can fix that. You know, and there's just so much that clicks in. When, when you look back, um, you, you know, specifically with the issues part of the, of the meetings, um, when you look back and you see just how many small things that were holding your company back have been knocked out and are no longer an issue, uh, that is a cool feeling. Yeah. You know? and, and something we just otherwise would not have 
we just simply wouldn't have dealt with it. So it's been a really it's been a really cool thing to go back and look at that archived issues list and to see the dozens and dozens of issues that were pretty good, pretty big issues, you know, that are now just, I mean, they're not issues anymore. Yeah. I once had a, was in a solving issues with a client and there had been a miscommunication between marketing and operations before we started the process and operations was actually trying to do the opposite of what marketing wanted. (laughs) We didn't learn this till we worked this issue and in four minutes saved three quarters of a million dollars. So that doesn't happen every time, so don't hold me to that. Yeah, we haven't had that happen yet. Yeah, but every, every once in a while you get a winner like that. <laughs> What's so, that going to happen for me, Brett? I got to know. So trick question, I haven't prepared you for this. How okay. long do you plan to run EOS? How long do I plan to run EOS? Yeah, in your business. I plan on running EOS as long as I run my business. Um, not necessarily in the way that we are putting so much effort into implementing it now. Um, but you know, we plan on using the tools and the and the disciplines and the 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 clarity that the that the that the EOS program has given us in our business. Uh, I mean, some of them now it's, it's it's not an option. Like we need to have some of the some of the tools that are in place, like the L10 meetings, like the Charter of Responsibility, you know, like the Vision Traction Organizer. The, you know, we need them now. So I mean, it's not a question of when I plan on stopping, I mean, this is, this is now kind of, uh, it's, it's baked into who we are and, 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 and how we do business. Yeah. So I'm glad you answered that way. I, I, I thought I shouldn't tee this up, but <laughs> that was asking. a risk. That was a risk. But, but yeah, that, that's the thing. This is a way of life. Um, it, it would be analogous to changing your eating and exercise habits versus going on a crash diet. Yes. Uh, so, so right. we, we implement EOS and you run it forever. 90 days at a time, let's focus on the right things and get those knocked out. Now, you don't run it with me forever. Right. Okay? Um, you know, it's, it's a couple of years of, of, of me coaching you into this process. And then my goal is to get you independent. Now, if you want me to come back after that, well, I'd love to. But sure. my goal is to get you independent where you can run the system without me. So that's just something, you know, I want people to understand this is not a a flash in the pan or, or a miracle cure. This is a steady discipline of, of running your business, getting clear on your objectives every 90 days and making sure you execute on those. Brett, can we spend a minute to talk about why EOS uh, runs on these 90 day windows? It's been, it's been yeah. a very powerful, powerful part of, um, you know, what's been, what's been, what's made it so effective for us. And I've even told you before, you know, before we go into, you know, one of our quarterly meetings, that man that you know like my team is my team and myself we are like running out of steam you know we are running out of energy to put into the eos system you know we're not necessarily making uh as much progress on our rocks as as you know we i thought that we would have at this point you know and i, I kind of walked into one of those meetings discouraged and yeah. i told you before the meeting i told you i hope that this kind of stokes a fire back under us you know because we really need you know we yeah. need to be we need to be re re-engaged into this process if it's going to work for us. And, uh, you know, it did, man, we, we walked out of that meeting with, with a renewed uh, commitment to get our work done and a renewed focus on the things that are most important, you know, because, you know, in the book traction, they talk about, you know, the human mind uh, can only focus for about 90 days. 
Right. And after that, we begin to kind of just drift off into what we've always done or, you know, whatever the newest uh, distraction might be for us. But, uh, you know, having that, 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 that 90 day refocus has been very, very powerful for us. Yeah. And so you really hit the nail on the head at about 90 days, we start to get frazzled. And, and some of that is, is real biological science. Some of that is systems that come before Rockefeller habits and other things that said, mm-hmm. you know, this 90 day cadence works best. Uh, it also happens to be kind of a great rhythm for taking annual goals and breaking them into manageable chunks. So not only is this the right amount of time for us, but when we have annual goals, you know, usually we, we want to break those into 90 day chunks because an annual goal is too big. You know, we can't, none of us can, you know, if we say we want to put in all new computer systems, it's just too big. If yeah. we say this quarter, we want to uh, select the system, hire the vendor and write the requirements. Okay, we can do that. And then we right. move to the next step next time. So yeah, it's great observation. You know, us EOS implementers, we have quarterlies every, you know, we're, we're the same, you know, every 90 days I go in, I'm like all confused and, and not clear it would come out of there with clarity so yeah yeah it's a it's a powerful it's a powerful rhythm um that you know before before eos we we paid no attention to just kind of like one continuous slog to you know wherever it was that we were going we we you know we we never were really clear you know but it was just kind of like one continuous unbreaking you know march and and now we feel like we really are sprinting to those 90 day goals and we're, we, we are accomplishing so much more than we would have otherwise. Yeah. And so another good point, you know, without that 90 day cadence, teams go one of two directions. Some drift off and get lazy. Some work themselves to a nub, neither one of which is good. And, and so that 90 days, it gives us a chance to one celebrate, you know, pat mm-hmm. yourself on the back. You got, you got, you got a lot of stuff done. You know, a lot of times we we'll have teams that, that, may have set nine rocks and they got six done. Well, that's only 67%, but we got six things done, six big things done for the business. That's more than you got the last three years. So it's really not speaking to your team specifically, but that is really powerful in that respect. I Absolutely. Love that. You know, whenever we leave the meetings, we always, always feel like, well, maybe I wasn't aggressive enough setting my rocks, but then, you know, when I get into it, I'm like, no, this is enough. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad that I kind of exercise some discipline and not overcommitting ourselves to, to too much in, in those, in those three month windows, because then we could really do a good job at what we, at what we committed to. Yeah. And you're still early in the process over time, the system will reduce the variability in your processes. You'll have mm-hmm. less unexpected stuff popping up and right. you'll better feel for how much time you really have to focus on rocks. Yeah. Early days. Well, we still got a lot of variants going on and we got to keep working the system. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good point. Very good point. So if you look out in the future, how do you see EOS, EOS affecting your business in the long run? How does it change the way you look forward is maybe a better question. Sure. So before, before EOS, um, you know, we, we, were, we were 25 employees, um, very, very busy, you know, with the organization basically being totally flat. You know, everybody that worked there could come walk up to me or Aaron and say, hey, what do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to do about that? You know, and we were we were at the very top of our capacity as an organization to to do anything. So, 
you know, we kind of started this process for a year or two where we would add an employee and not see any extra production, you know, because we were not, we were not placing them in a, in a system that, that, that would allow them to contribute. You know, we, we, we would add equipment and not see any extra, uh, uh, revenue because, you know, the system will, was capped and now, you know, gaining all the clarity, you know, having a, having a clear vision, um, you know, communicating everything uh, down into the organization where, you know, we can get everybody rowing in the same direction. It's provided that extra capacity for us to grow into the future that we want, um, you know, without killing ourselves, you know, without living at the office, you know, so, you know, Aaron and I, we do not, uh, we do not envision a future where we're working 80 hours a week. You know, we want to be, uh, we want to, we want to be able to go out and, 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 uh, you know, spend time with our families, uh, you know, while they're still here in our homes and, and, uh, you know, to be a blessing to our communities in other different ways. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we expect that this EOS system, uh, is going to allow us to, uh, accomplish the goals inside the business, you know, without, without, uh, you know, sacrificing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, one thing that, that you hit on there and that's, you're making people successful. We yeah. remember people want to be successful. And, and a lot of times when people hear about EOS or any operating systems, they think of it as, as just kind of a way to, to drive more productivity people and drive harder. And of course we do want more productivity, but, EOS is really about three things. It's about getting crystal clear in our vision so we know where we're going because if you, you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. Getting that traction, discipline, and accountability, and then getting healthy, healthy, functional teams. And if we do this right, it's a better place to work. This isn't a place where we're just putting the screws to people. It's a better place for everybody involved. You know, we know that the, the people that, that we want working in our organization, they want to know how they're doing. They want to know what they can do to, to, to be a better team member. Um, and, and they want to move up the, they want to move up the, the organization, you know, they want to be promoted and they want to, they want to work for a place where if they work hard and, you know, it, if they do what they're asked, they'll be um, rewarded for it. And, and then they, you know, they'll be appreciated and have the opportunity to work in their strengths. And, uh, you know, we, we plan on being that, that place at Badger and, um, you know, without the without the the clarity that the EOS system provides, uh, it would be a lot more difficult. Well, great. Yeah, good to hear. I, I, oftentimes, I'll ask business owners, you know, are you making all the money you want, growing profitably, working with the team you love, and with enough time to take care of your family and other stuff? And a lot of times, we think we can only have one or two of those. You absolutely can have all three. You gotta get the right system. It takes a lot of hard work. That's right. So, so before we turn over to Q and A, tell the group what advice do you have? Somebody's thinking, maybe they're feeling stuck, thinking to maybe choose a system. What advice do you have? Well, you know, I'm very, I'm very aware that uh, you know EOS uh, is not perfect for everybody. You know, there are some companies out there where uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be too much work and it's going to be too big of a commitment for the leadership team to go through. Um, but I would say that you owe it to yourself to, um, you know, to, to, to read the book, to read traction, um, 
I know there there are several other great books. Um, you know how to be a how to be a great boss is uh, you know uh, one of the other books by Gino Wickman that uh, you know we really gained a lot of inspiration from. And you know even if you uh, even if you only you know gain an insight about one tool and that and that helps your business, you know it's going to be so worth it. But uh, you know I would say that everybody should uh, you, you know get in touch with an implementer um they're 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 implementers all across the country and uh you know they'll sit down for you sit down with you for 90 minutes just to have a conversation about you know what what eos is ask some questions about your business and uh you know see if it might be a good fit and worth uh exploring and uh you know I, it, it might not be right for everybody but i'm very very glad that we did well good good and then i guess i would just re-emphasize what garrett said about get in touch with an implementer, which sounds self-serving, but it's our job to help you whether you work with us or not. And, and so, I, and so I, I couldn't be more adamant about that. Um, I would rather help somebody and have them not use me than not get the chance to help them at all. So look, if, if you want to learn about the system, how you can even implement one or two, two, two tools yourself, uh, find an implement. Um, all right, good. Good. So I've got about, we've got about 10 or 11 minutes left. So uh, let's answer a few questions. I hope there's some questions out there. Let's do it. All right, I'm back. I still don't have a badger hat. Somebody sent me one, but I'm back to ask questions. Good. All right. So the uh, first question that we want to go with is, uh, do you do a weekly cadence at the departmental level? And then how do you find time to hold these meetings for the yard or sales company? So um, the department level meetings uh, were a little bit more difficult to, uh, you know, achieve buy-in for everybody that works at Badger than uh, the leadership team meeting. Um, we, we actually do the de department level meetings every two weeks. And, you know, we have uh, stripped down the L10 format a little bit, uh, depending on which department it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're working great right now, but we hope to eventually build up to, um, you know, a more uh, proper L10 format in a weekly meeting with each department. And, you know, we are, uh, we are very, it's difficult to get those departments together. You know, like it's hard to pick a time during the week where every single delivery driver in your entire organization is there in the office to, 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 to have a meeting. So, you know, our, our sales team knows that, Hey, on Tuesdays, don't schedule a delivery before nine o'clock in the morning, you know, because first thing Tuesday morning, the drivers are going to have their meeting. You know, and, uh, you know, we, the rest of the meetings are, are, are pretty easily achieved. Um, you, you know, the, uh, facility ops operations team, the guys who are unloading and loading customers in the yard, you know, or stacking scaffolding and, and, and uh, uh, moving equipment around those guys. Um, you know, we just had the maintenance department come in and cover their spot for the hour that it takes, you know, vice versa. So when the mechanics meet, you know, we'll have um, the facilities operation guys, you know, go and, and cover their spot, you know, for whatever mechanic wise may happen to have, may happen to have to have, may have to happen during that hour. Um, and, you know, we, we have found uh, 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 unforeseen benefit with this whole thing and that, uh, you know, everybody has gained kind of a better appreciation of the of the other department's job through this because they you know they've now sat you know in their seat for an hour at a time four or five times now 
So, uh, you, you know, we've seen an added benefit from that also. Yeah. That's a good benefit. And yeah. this is always a challenge rolling out to lower levels in the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of things you touched on, we'll modify the agenda and always shorten it, you know, down to an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. The important thing is that, is that the people on those teams feel like they have a time where they can come raise their issues and work together to solve issues. And at first they might be, oh no, I don't want a meeting. But again, kind of like the leadership team, they almost always get that buy Yeah, and we, you know, we have found that at the very beginning, it was a challenge to get our, our guys to bring issues to the meeting. You know, because they, they at first seen it as kind of like, uh, you know, well, I don't want to complain or I don't want to, you know, uh, cause any trouble. But as soon as they connected the, the fact that, hey, listen, the issues list is there for me to, to, to get the things that are holding me back from doing a better job gone, you know, to, to, to kind of clear the path for me to do a better job and to be more successful in my position, you know, then, then, then the issue started to come, you know, and we really got a chance to have, you know, all those issues squashed with the departments. And it was, um, but the, the, the issues component of the uh, department level L10 meetings were a challenge and uh, the scorecard for the department level meetings, you know, continue to be a challenge, but we're, uh, you know, we're getting closer every day. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Uh, are there any items on your scorecard that you track that you didn't expect to be tracking or that surprised you that are valuable? Yeah, so so there, there are a couple of different um, items on the leadership uh, level scorecard that, um, you know, we just kind of bumped into that really provide us with insight. Um, one example of that is we track how many deliveries are made by mechanics every week. So the only reason that a, a, a mechanic is going to be out on a delivery means that every other delivery driver that we have is already out, you know, in the field making, making a delivery. And, you know, we look at that um, and we say, hey, listen, you know, we don't want a week where there's no deliveries by mechanics because that means we probably had too many delivery drivers, you know, with not enough deliveries. But on this, in the same sense, we don't want 15 deliveries by a mechanic in a single week because, well, that probably means that we don't have enough delivery drivers. So we, you know, we look at, uh, we look at this metric uh, deliveries by mechanic and we say, Hey, listen, if we have five to 15 deliveries by a mechanic every week that, um, you know, that's, that's an acceptable range. That means we don't have too many delivery drivers and, you know, but we still have enough to, 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 to get it done. You know, so, so there are lots of, lots of metrics like that that we look at that we didn't anticipate being important, but uh, you know, they always point to something, something else more significant. So that is the first time, and maybe it's just me that I've heard of that metric. How did you yeah. come up with that metric? Uh, really smart business partner of mine made it up. <laughs> yeah, we just, uh, you know, we know that um, when things are really busy, you know, the shop suffers because we're pulling the mechanics out of the bays to go make a delivery, you know, and it's, um, it's a constant source of frustration that, uh, Hey, listen, when, when business really turns up, you know, and we got all these deliveries to make, uh, you know, equipment's coming in and out faster, but we don't have the mechanics to be at, you know, back there checking it out because they're on the road on, in a pickup truck, you know, dragging an air compressor. Well, you know, through some, through some conversation and working an issue on working that issue, 
you know, we realized that, well, hey, why don't we watch it? You know, why don't we, why, why don't we measure it every week? You know, let's just stick it on there and try. And, and it turned out to be a really important metric for us. So it sounds like it started out as a rock. Well, it started out as an issue. An issue. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, Dale, our uh, maintenance uh, supervisor, you know, put it on the issues list because, you know, every time we got busy, the facilities operation team was, was, you know, dragging his, dragging his uh, mechanics in a pickup truck. And, and uh, you know, we, we just, uh, we worked through the issue. We, we IDS the issue. Um, Brett, can you, can you share a little bit about what IDS is and how, and how we, yeah. how we use it inside of an L10 meeting? <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and so back up a little, almost everything mm -hmm. in the U S starts life as an issue. It gets on the issue list and, and we work that we identify IDS stands for identify, discuss, solve. Identify means that before we try to run this to ground, we get to the root of the issue, not the surface issue, but, but we push for the root of the issue. Then we have a short discussion, and be, because if you've gotten to the root of the issue, you don't need a real long discussion. And then we solve a, a, a one to two week specific, this is what's going to get it done. And, and that solve can take different forms. It could be, we're going to go execute on this, or you might say, you know what, our solve is to put it on the, on the scorecard and let's track it. And in, in this case, that's become a very important metric, and it also just you know, draws to light that so much of this process is iterative. We don't go in a room and come out with a perfect solution. Yep. We, we go in a room, we come out with frameworks, and as we work those over time, we get them really dialed in. Yeah, so our scorecard at our leadership team level and at most of the department levels now don't look anything like they did when we first started. And, and when we first started, we really felt a lot of pressure to create the perfect scorecard. And, you know, we, we, you know, looking at back at it now, we really should have just put some stuff up there, you know, looked at it for two or three weeks and then decided, Hey, listen, is this really providing us with that valuable forward looking indicator information that we wanted or should we change it out for something else or just drop it? You know, so, so we, we, we really put a lot of pressure on ourselves at the beginning to get it perfect. And, uh, you know, we all know that's not going to happen. What do you do about metrics that are very important, but for whatever reason in your business, they're consistently good. So I've been to your, your location before and I know how clean and well operated it is. And so while some people safety hazards, for example, might be really, really high up on their list, something they need to track and fix. I could almost see it being something that hits your list and then you just stop tracking it because it's never a problem. That being said, if it ever was a problem, it would be a really big issue. So how would you address something like that? Would you l allow it to fall off because you're always doing it well, but if it turned into an issue, put it on there? Or how does stuff like that work out? You know, I would think that it, it, if it is an important enough issue like safety and, you know, we're consistently knocking out of the park in, in, a, in a way that it really doesn't merit a, um, a spot on the leadership team scorecard, maybe it could get pushed down into a department and then broken apart into a few different, uh, you know, different metrics that could, that could give them some better information than just, Hey, you know, are we doing this great? Yeah, we still are, you know, let's move on. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some better or different information that would be more meaningful in a department level meeting that would, you know, be more valuable to the company. Brett, do you have any, 
thoughts from your experience on that? Who me? Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's some things now. Safety, you know, is something you never want to lose sight of. But you take some things like example too. But I'm sorry. Sorry, it said uh, safety is probably not the best example. Yeah. But take some sales metrics, quality, speed. Those are ones where a lot of times they remain critical, and so we gradually raise the bar. We don't want to set people up to fail, but if we have a sales target of 30 sales calls per week and we're consistently hitting that, we'll gradually raise the bar because we want to keep on growing as an organization. Um, so we'll raise them until such point that they become just a no-brainer, and they're, and if they're a no-brainer and they're not risky, we will remove them at that point. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we are right up against our time limit here. Thank you both so much for joining us. I've learned some stuff today. I'm sure the people who have attended today have learned a lot too. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out to discuss it. And Garrett, sharing your specific examples, I think is really meaningful to a lot of other rental companies. So I really appreciate that. So thanks again, guys, and everybody else who attended. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you all very much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Peer Talk. My name is Dan Crowley, and our guest today has been Garrett Sherling from Badger Rental Services. Check in next week for another episode of Peer Talk. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.